at Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron. But not that Aaron, of course, and this week I'm joined by Sif Pop writer Joe. Hey, buddy. We write for Sif We do movie reviews, best ever challenges, and lots of other interesting movie-related articles. So make sure to check out the website, sifpop.com, to keep up with that. Joe actually just published your first full-length article for the site this last week, so that was really cool to read. The, uh, yeah, it was really exciting. Ninja Scroll article on uh, for Out of Market. Um, so... Yeah, that was really cool. Um, why, why don't you just like talk about that just for a second? Like, what's like? Um, yeah, I, I approached you with it because Joseph, who normally does these, was like, "Hey, I don't have time to do it this month." You know, he sent that to us. You know, a couple weeks in advance. And so we're like, so we're like, "Hey, who can we do?" And I thought, well, Joe watches a lot of foreign film. I would really be interested to see what he picks, um, especially because I know that um, typically the out of market series is like European films. And I know Joe, you do, I mean, I know you do a lot of foreign stuff and a lot of anime and whatnot, but like you probably have seen the most like Eastern Asian stuff out of all of our Sif pop writers, I would guess. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair assessment. Like I, I do watch a ton of anime. Like I kind of make the joke, like right now, like I'm not watching anything unless it has like 2d characters in it uh, <laughs> for the most part. So yeah, it's pretty funny. Cool. So, but, out of um, all the things you could have picked, you picked Ninja Scroll. Yeah, um, I don't know why it was like super top of mind. I guess like I think it's a movie that's like I think it's kind of underrated, and, and I think it's like something that like a lot of new anime fans are not like well versed in, like a lot of the older stuff. At this point, I mean, 1993. That's a long time. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think it's good to kind of like reacquaint some people with with a classic. I actually do think it's an actual classic, and. Uh, yeah, just to preface some of the stuff, like it isn't for the faint of heart. It's got a lot of kind of wild stuff in it, um, a little bit more on the edgier side. But uh, there is a core and heart to it. You can tell like there's a lot of a lot of war in the film. But uh, and the, the funny thing about the film, just a just a little thing. Um, yeah, in Japan, it didn't do incredibly well. It actually was more well received in the West. Um, but yeah, that's one fact. Yeah, no, I was just I just pulled up the letterbox for the film, and it's actually one of those that like we only had one other Sif Pop writer, according to Letterbox, that had seen the movie before. And very few that didn't even have it on a watch list or anything like that. So, you know, um, there's a million different options for this auto market, you know, and there's certainly a lot of movies that like are on my watch list or whatnot. But, you know, like it could be so easy to write about, you know, Hard Boiled or The Man from Nowhere or um, Old Boy or, you know, Yip Man or anything like that, you know, um, The Raid, right? Yeah. <laughs> could, have been, could be so easy to to talk about you know, i saw the devil right to a lot of these movies that like these are all amazing I, films by the way <laughs> you should watch all of these that he's named off. <laughs> i've seen i've seen a few of them i own a few more but yeah like uh i saw the devil is like uh that's one a, of those i own dark stuff seen. but it's really good yeah. Yeah, really but like good. you know i feel like there's a million movies you can pick and like half of them like a lot of them are gonna be what, what my mind goes to are films that you might let i might have heard of especially again when i'm thinking of like eastern asian cinema so, um, you know, I, when 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 a movie comes across that I've never heard of, you know, I think I think there's even an argument to be made. Like I watched Perfect Blue a couple months ago. I think I told you about it was like, you know, that's a really recognizable film. Um, yeah, which I'm really but, stoked that you watch. It. It's, it's such a yeah. great film. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, but yeah, the like just uh, you, you know, did good. 
Don't you like the fact that like the reason why it was animated because they didn't have the budget to do it in live action? So you just like <laughs> I mean, it's a really fun fact, but yeah. it's not it's not necessarily what makes yeah. the movie great. I think no, it's not. I mean, it, it's 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 yeah, it's a fun fact that kind of elevates the behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, um, no, I uh, you know could think of a ton of titles, and so like the fact that you pulled one that I never heard of, you know. But again, I'm not really in the anime world, so um, yeah. Anyway, but I uh, enjoyed the article and. Uh, um, if you if you are an anime person, uh, you should check out uh, the movie and check out Joe's article. Yeah, thanks, um, appreciate, appreciate the opportunity too. It got me back into writing. I was in kind of like kind of rut, so yeah, it was kind of nice to kind of write something. Sure. Uh, on the podcast today, we're going to talk about um, uh, two Green Lantern movies: uh, Green Lantern and World Knights, and Beware My Power. And from my understanding, uh, there's really only two, three um, full full length, you know, in quotes. Um, animated green lantern films so we're we hit we're hitting two of the three there's just first flight apparently um yeah first first flight is is pretty good too okay. i think it's a pretty solid one i yeah i didn't even like really know um i think so emerald knights came with like if you got a digital code for the like brian reynolds green lantern movie it also came with emerald knights which is why i have it because That's so i remember funny. like <laughs> like i saw the green lantern movie and i was like it's fine um it's not as bad as people say it is it's not good but it's fine right and i've seen the movie once like 15 years ago and you know if i saw it now i don't be surprised if i would say hey this movie is actually kind of okay um and people have unnecessarily crapped on it for a while but you know that's just me thinking you know it can't be that bad right you know um anyway it's, um, it's pretty that's pretty bad <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I know yeah, what it's yeah, gonna be, yeah. right? I'll, I'll get around to watching it again one day. But anyway, like, my mom bought a copy one day because she'll buy anything superhero related, especially at the time, right? Um, she loves that kind of stuff, um, and so I love watching that stuff with her. And so and she came in. She's, she's never gonna have like a digital movies account. So I was like, you know, I don't think the code. Sure, I'll watch it again. Anyway, um, so anyway, point, point is, we're covering two of the three, um, Green Lantern ones. I'm sure one of these days we'll do the um first let's say first flight in the in the ryan reynolds movie but uh, that might be a good pairing because like they're both the origin story so fair um so yeah we'll talk about them (laughs) we'll talk about them uh someday i'm sure but um i think i think emerald knights and um beware my power is also kind of nice because like you know one of them is hal jordan well one of them is green lantern core focus and one of them is hal jordan focused uh, sorry, John Stewart focused, you know, mm-hmm. so I think like that's kind of nice um, because I think to me, I feel like I, I know a lot more about Green Lantern lore and whatnot after seeing these two than, you know, anything before. So um, which I think was actually really helpful for me, um, really like actually got me excited about some stuff. So, um, yeah, so we'll talk about those movies fitting with our nerd nerd, nerd culture theme this week. And then we'll um, we're going to talk about like. How, what would be the best way to get the Green Lantern Corps in the uh, DCU? Uh, because we know it's a project they're working on. Uh, what would be the best way to, if if you were James Gunn and Peter Safran, what what are the things that you're looking for? So um, yeah, I think that's uh, that'll be a really fun thing. Um, so um, let's let's kick things off with a quick game of wavelengths, Joe. Uh, we don't have a guest this week, so or we don't have like a, an additional guest. Um, schedule wise and whatnot so um i when why don't you go ahead and pick a number one through ten and um keep it to yourself and then just let me know whenever you have that number and i'll ask for the films in the genre okay yeah i got it cool um let's start off with a horror movie so you picked the number right i'm trying to remember how to play this game yeah sorry yeah 
So you picked you picked a number, one through ten. Give me a horror film that you would rate. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it'll just be weird because we don't have a guest this week, though. Or sorry, an additional. Um, let's see. Um, this will be the first time we're playing this game two people. Yeah, yeah this is fun. I'm going to say Halloween, uh, Halloween 4, I think that's the Curse of Michael Myers, right? Is that the uh, Curse of Michael Myers is 6. Um, that's the one with like Paul Rudd's first ever thing. Yeah, uh, no, then the fourth one. The one following okay. Season of the Witch where they kind of went back to yeah. Mike Myers. Yeah, that's the return of Mike Myers. Yeah. But yeah, yep. Cool. Um, let's stick semi-similar. Uh, let's do sci-fi. It's tough. Halloween four is one of those tricky ones too. That, yeah, because like, it can go either uh, way. Yeah, like it really can go either way. I know people that think that it's like I know. I think I think the fan base would generally say it's the best of the definitely four, five, and six era. But I think there's a decent amount of people that would even just put it as best, like post season of the witch, pre yeah David Gordon David Gordon Green stuff, right. Think of sci-fi. I wouldn't. What 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 was the trying to think of the film with the Tom Cruise of sci-fi one? Oblivion. Oblivion. Yep. A lot of Oblivion. Super, super helpful because I've never seen it. Uh that's okay. Um <laughs> let's do a comedy. Wow, this is bad. This might be like the hardest one. Because mm-hmm. there's usually like comedies, like it's really like huge extremes. Yeah, in general. Or it's like it's got a halfway decent story, but it isn't funny, or it's really funny, but nothing about the characters or you know, stories, the reasons you're laughing. Yeah, that's why a good comedy is so special. That's why Superbad is so special. <laughs> yeah, Superbad's like, I'll say, God, what was that movie where um, she's like, she's like too good for you? Or like, she's like out of your, out of your league? Oh, she's out of my league? Yeah. Yeah, she's out of my league. I kind of like that movie. Um, Let's just go with an action movie then. Action movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like one of the hardest ones. Mm-hmm. Saying that for every single one though. <laughs> I yeah, just picked, it's I when you're on guess, yeah, I just picked a really rough when you're on the spot. I'll say um, Under Siege. Okay. Um, and then just drama. I'm trying to think of a drama movie. I mean, you could do like a thriller. You could do like a... Um... Let's go Gothic. Yeah. You opened it up when you said thriller. I was like, okay, we could, we could branch out a little bit. We don't have to go true vanilla drama. Man, that makes me think that this is lower than I was initially thinking. <laughs> I think that was a good indication, right? <laughs> yeah. Because like, look, look, like Halloween 4, right? Like we mentioned, could go either way. Under Siege is totally fine for what it is, but let's be honest, it's Die Hard on a boat. That's yeah, it's it's decent. Totally fine. Yeah, I like She's Out of My League, but so yeah, I may have tipped my hand a bit. You'll... Oblivion, I haven't seen, but I remember reviews being relatively middling, but leaning positive. Gothic, how do you like Gothic? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a four out of ten. You 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 had the number four in mind. Super close. I I picked a five. I would mm. I would probably rate Gothica a lot lower, but like it came to mind. Um, yeah, I I'd say all those are like middle of the road. Like if I were to say like yeah, I can watch them. I mean, I would personally put She's Out of My League and Under Siege a little higher, but you know, like I watched Under Siege recently. I had to watch Out of Your League again. I, I thought it was I thought it was fine. I did think it was funny. Um, but yeah, I could change my mind on that. Under Siege, I don't know. It, it's there's, it is there's aged some, really crazy. <laughs> there's like so much about it that it like. I, I don't know, just watching it and understanding that it's a like it's a Steven Seagal diehard ripoff, right? But like, I, look, it's been a while since I've seen the movie, but like, I remember Tommy Lee Jones's villain like really fondly. Uh, yeah, he's. Like, I remember he's him just kind of like hamming it up and having a great time. Like, yeah, definitely was him. You know, um, being mad about the way that Batman Forever turned out and trying to channel that into a different role. Right, it was very Two Face like. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very nice. <sighs> Sorry. Um cool. Well, uh do you wanna do you want a chance to guess or do you wanna move on? Uh, I like a chance to guess. That'd be cool. Sure. Okay. Um I have a number in mind and uh just give me a genre. Five genres. Cool. Let's go let's go action first. <laughs> action first. Okay. Um I'll pick um I don't blame you for <laughs> being stuff. Yeah, funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna, really pull up, <clears throat> I'm gonna pull up my letterbox. We'll see. Uh I'm gonna pick Ooh, um let's go with you said action? Yeah. Let's go with Max Payne. Max Payne. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have a feeling where we're going here. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, but uh yeah, for good reason. But um uh, animated. Uh, animated oh boy um 2020s hit scoob the hbo max original um yeah let's go horror let's go with abraham lincoln vampire hunt that's (laughs) half is that four two more two more two more um you've got max Payne, scoob and abraham lincoln vampire hunter what about more specific for action what about martial arts see i haven't seen a martial arts you might just kind of get what you get uh, oh, uh, equilibrium. It should be equilibrium, but they say equilibrium in the titles. Uh, that makes me kind of, like it, 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 but the rest of it makes me kind of sad. I actually, kind of, I, we'll see. Uh, yep. Let's see. Uh, one more, one more genre. Yeah, let's just go sci-fi. I think sci-fi is just about the toughest beats. No, I th- I think I got it. Um, I mean, we were look, we were having a debate in Slack, um, because uh, because Robert um was mad at me. Because on last week, on the po- podcast episode from last week, he uh, called me out for calling um, Star Wars fantasy. And uh, but it is wait. it's space fantasy. <laughs> Hold on, Aaron. Aaron, get all the way out of here. Star Wars is fantasy, like Alice says. I must have like not said. I must have said something that I don't recall because I definitely said that like Star Wars is fantasy. Um, it is. It's like it's like space high fantasy. There ain't a whole lot yeah. of science to <laughs> to start. I'm just now realizing that I probably read Robert's thing wrong. I probably said something I didn't mean. No, absolutely, Star Wars is fantasy. Maybe I don't know. Maybe there's something that look that episode wound up being nearly three hours. I'm sure there's a lot that I forgot. So um, <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, we were definitely having conversations about like what is sci-fi and what isn't. Um, you know, I, I I if we're going in all genres are frankly stupid. Um, Sci-fi. Let's do kind of going back and forth between two. Um, let's go with the day after tomorrow. Wow, it's I'm not super say... sci-fi, but it's but it's yeah. I yeah. think it's enough. Yeah, it's... it's enough. It's one of those uh, those true uh, what's it called classics. I'm trying to think of the director's oh, name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this true Roland Emmerich uh, classic. Um, I'm gonna say your numbers are two. It's pretty close. Uh, my number that I picked is three. I was gonna go to three at first. I know it's like the stu- like everyone everyone says like I was gonna go with that number, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's that's funny. It makes sense for Equilibrium, but you watch Equilibrium now, you're like, that's really silly. Gankatas, really? That's silly. I never liked it. Uh, <laughs> look, I think it? I, I mean I, I th- like it, but it's I cheesy. think the visuals, like the the Gunkata stuff, is the only thing worth watching. But like it to me, it's not enough to be like, yeah, watch that movie because. There's so many good other things. Like it's clearly a Matrix ripoff and a Fahrenheit Fahrenheit 451 yes. like ripoff. Like it's it's very clearly <laughs> it's very clearly trying to rip off like 
a ton of different things in the category. And for that reason, like it just never felt special to me. It's like, sure. The gun kata stuff is cool. That's it. Like, you know, I, I think with the absence of Bale, it's unwatchable, but he's really good in it. He's like, I think that's fair. He's almost yeah. too good. Uh, I hate to say too good for the movie, but it's like, like I look at movies, like, like obviously like it, equilibrium really feels like a matrix matrix ripoff in terms of like its style and everything (laughs) but you take out like the the action in the matrix and matrix is still one of the best movies made of all time right right there's just so much like philosophy there the dialogue is really excellent everybody's like on point acting wise like now i'll also specify and say i saw equilibrium once in high school but if a if a high school me doesn't <laughs> like that movie, there's right. no way twenty eight year old me likes that movie. Not a chance. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's not happening. Your your opinion is like a change. Yeah. No. Like it's like that's a movie made for high school boys. You know that and Boondock Saints. Except you know what? I kind of like Boondock Saints a lot. So. Yeah. Um, yeah they're yeah. both fine. Like I said, both, like even like like when I watch like Equilibrium now, like they definitely are like I used to be like super into this particular thing and like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, look it is what it is it's fine but it's also like i also again i it, i think the movie came out in what like 2002 so we're talking yeah. like i saw it probably 10 years after it came out like it yeah, was surely it, dated by the time it came out just does not age well visually. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah and and again like i'd seen the matrix probably you know 10 times before saw equilibrium um but yeah anyway joe i got one more question before we move on something kind of non-pop culture related but um i want to know what is your current obsession do you have like uh something that you like recently discovered that you really like um like, i don't know it could be go ahead does it oh like what is it like does it be like? Uh, like it could be like a band or it could be like um a, a show or it could be like a, a food item or um you know, a new comic series that you just picked up for the first time, like something that is new to you in your life that you just really like, you know, it could be um, a drink. It could be, um, you know, specific something. Just what what is one thing that you're just like, you know what, for the first time I had this recently and it's awesome. Um, I don't or, or experience this recently and it's awesome. You know, yeah, upset, I, phrasing it, what's your current obsession is a little like, I think, misleading. Current, I think current obsession, I think if we want to go along those lines, um, and not be like something that's like it's this isn't like the first time i've like experienced this like type of thing or i like watched this t- this particular type of anime but like i'm like super into baki in general right now um and if you guys don't know what baki is it's actually on netflix um you could watch um they have like one of the initial arcs there and they have baki Hanma, which is the sequel but it's just a really ridiculous martial arts anime that really like bends it has like its own physics and its own like kind of like inner world and like how it works and it's just really intricate and really interesting. And at times, it's not even about martial arts. Sometimes it's like horrific, like really body horror stuff. Like it's just really interesting stuff. And like at the end of the day, it's just like strong guys like beating the bulb out of each other and like crazy pseudoscience being spouted out all the time. Like it, there's just like your job will drop at some of the stuff that you like. Like literally the main characters, like Sensei, is a cockroach and teaches him how to liquefy his body so he can move faster. So it's like Kung Fu Panda. But like really brutal and like terrible and like and grotesque at times. You're just like, why am I watching this? Like these people are doing horrible things to each other. And you're like, it's just really engrossing for some reason. And I'm super into it. And it helps with the workouts too. Like it's like really like motivating for some reason to see these like muscle bound freaks like destroy each other. Like, yeah, I highly recommend it. And it, it's actually like the thing at the um, bottom we always talk about, like the one thing that we talked about. So I kind of already covered the spinoff too, but we can talk about something else after. That's the thing that came into mind. And like, 
Uh, there we go. Yeah, that's a it's a weird way of phrasing that, but yeah, no. Um, no, I think it was perfect. I, uh, I I took this question more as like something you recently discovered that you're like, you know what, I really like this, and I'm not ashamed of it. So that thing for me is um, like I'm way late to this trend, and I um, don't really even want to be like that guy. But like, I just I really like I I found something that I really like, and this is going to be special, like. To me, and you might be like, yeah, okay, whatever, right? I really like uh, the Liquid Death cans. Um, like, I know they're, like, really popular. I mean, obviously, like, the cans are cool, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, if you don't know what they are, they're, like, cans of typically sparkling water. Um, which is weird because I don't like sparkling water. Like, I've never liked sparkling water. I don't like, I definitely don't like, um, like, even, like, Italian sodas or, or things like that. I don't like carbonated water i hate I, th- I think soda i don't drink cocktails that have soda water in them because i don't like soda water um you know i don't I, I don't like things like perrier or whatever um it's just i don't like it right but i tried some liquid death the other you know not long ago and i was like oh that's pretty good i bought like a regular can and uh the lime one and the berry one and i really liked all three of them you know and i had one today um uh, that was a tea one it's like uh tea and vitamins and agave or whatnot and i was like it's it's fine. It's not great, but it's not bad. And I looked at the can, and it's like a 19 ounce can or whatever. It's a super tall boy, and it's like 30 calories for the whole can. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I could crush that, right? It's it's fine, yeah. but for 30 calories, that's incredible. So, uh, yeah, like, and it, 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 it's special to me because already, like, I don't really like just carbonated water in general. Like, I'm not a sparkling water person or whatever. Um, but also, like, I'm not a water person. Either. Like, I don't like want to just drink water i'm not i'm not i'm maybe like when i'm done mowing the yard i'll crush one but like i I will never i rarely ever one out of 250 times i'll grab a water from my mini fridge instead of a soda or tea or something or instead of you know grabbing some orange juice or milk or whatever you know yeah that's totally fair i do that a lot too like i'm like oh i could always just grab that coke zero instead of grabbing that water yeah (laughs) yeah and look i just that's fine like i i just choose to you know, have the lifestyle that I live, but I've, I've always kind of lived on the motto of like, look, I'd rather die like 40 and happy than, you know, live to 70 and eat kale, you know? Um, right. I, I'm, so. I'm in that doctrine too. That, that's, that's <laughs> why I work out so much. I eat, eat stuff. Yeah. And then, and then, and then my wife is like, Hey, maybe, <laughs> maybe don't do that anymore. But anyway, like, it's just, <laughs> I gotta say it's, it's, it's relatively cheap, but like, I'm a fan. Count me as, count me in as a fan. Um, it's nothing like super special, but I'm a fan. That's why again, I think obsession is pretty strong. But like something I recently discovered that I really like, really enjoy is liquid death. Specifically, the lime one I think is really the best. But I, I think it's a win if you can find water that you like, and then also if you can find something that's like low calorie that you can drink. Because like yeah. there's not there's nothing better than when you don't drink your calories. And I eat know your food. that <laughs> probably the biggest um biggest contribution to my weight is is like drink intake and so i've i've been constantly trying to find like drink substitutes and so um the best thing that has worked thus far is um i have a bottle by circle um c-i-r-k-u-l that um you can get them at like walmart's across the country now but i got it when i was online but like it has a flavor pod in it so it's like a water bottle you just put water in it and then it's so it's essentially like drinking like a water with a mio in it but like it infuses in the like cartridge pot on the way out of the bottle as opposed to like adding something to your drink you know you just put water in the bottle and you you can adjust how much comes in it but they're all like zero calories zero zero sugar they're really great um i find like that's the closest to me um 
And but I wind up like I take that to work and then I drink that a bunch at work. I try to just like only drink that at work. But then it's like I get home and it's like, cool, I've earned that, you know, Baja Blast. And then, you know, 20 minutes, you know, 20 minutes after that Baja Blast is empty. It's like, well, new drink. What am I having? It's definitely not water. So but yeah, anyway, just yeah. anytime I can find something that is low calorie, it's it's going to be like an a mild obsession for a little bit and then I'm gonna like want to keep it around the house but then like not ever use it like I try to like brew like I know it's not much better for me but like I try to just keep like a, a mason jar of sweet tea around the house like a like a gallon one mm-hmm. just because like if it's there I'm more likely to grab it as opposed to soda and I know right it's still gonna as bad as soda baby steps yeah um I like the um speaking of like Baja Blossom Mountain Dew I like the um they have two diet flavors they have like a watermelon one and like there's like a shark one and they're both really good so I don't know if you want to try those. I, I, I don't know if they're zero calorie or if they're low calorie. I know they have like very low calories. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm usually willing to try. Like, I love trying new favorite flavors whenever they come out with those like different Coke ones. Uh, same with Mountain Dew. Whenever I see a new flavor, I'm usually to try it once. But I get it. It's like hard to bring out. Like, I have like a super sweet tooth as well. Like, yeah. and I'm like, it took a while for me to be like, man. But even now, like if I have like a like a full on like Coke, full calories and everything, I'm like. Yeah, this is, like it's like a it's like more of a treat. I like, try not to latch onto it because like mm-hmm. it's really easy to be like oh, I'm just gonna drink four more, five more of these. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten to the point where I can't really just drink straight Pepsi anymore, so that's good. Um, yeah, let's start. Yeah, you know, like I mean, it, look, it's always been weird, but like that, I just I drink and I'm like, mm, I can feel my teeth de- deteriorating. You can taste uh, the chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we should move on. Uh, but real quick, before we get and talk about the Green Lantern stuff, Joe, a chance for you to mention uh, to plug anything that you'd like to plug? Yeah, um, just like per usual, like I'm on Instagram uh, quite often. Uh, you find me under the Star Spangled Avenger with our score words. Yeah, where I'm just like I'm usually just posting stories nowadays, just about random stuff, anime stuff I'm doing, like running, working out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and a quick uh, Patreon shout out, uh, Patreon reminder. Um, and and uh, since this is the second episode, we'll be talking about this. Um, yeah, just uh, a we're changing the way that things are happening on Patreon. So um, um, all the episodes are going to be released early um, to the public. So you don't have to have a subscription to get early access. There's two tiers that are like uh, not any extra um, like uh, um, benefits, but they are just, Hey, like if I'm interested, if you're interested in, uh, you know, supporting the show, helping to pay for some of the things, um, like the, the software that use, we use to record the show, the stuff that I use to edit it. Um, of course it's no obligation. I'm still going to be making the show regardless this way, but, uh, um, but yeah, there are some perks there. And then, uh, the highest perk is now $10 a month, which is, um, you, I'll also have some special stuff, essentially any new release I see I'll put up there. So, um, so Patreon is free. Um, and has some paid perks. Uh, so if you're interested in listening to the episodes early, for example, like this episode, we're recording this on Thursday um, because we we have busy weekends. So um, I'm probably going to just get this done tomorrow and up in the Patreon feed. So you might have this episode four days early if if that's where you're choosing to go um, to listen to the show. So, um, yeah, that's just a quick, uh, quick update there. So um head over patreon.com slash sifpopwr to learn more let's get to talking about green lantern um emerald knights and beware my power we're going to start with emerald knights i think for two reasons number one is that uh first of all it's like it's older and secondly is because um emerald knights if you've not seen it isn't really a typical green lantern story um it's kind of it's it, it is a um Oh geez, I want to say my brain is sinking. Analogy, I know it's not. It's um, not the anthology. Anthology, yeah. 
it, it is like a an hour and a half of about four collective stories that are going on um maybe five total uh if, if or maybe like four mini ones that happen like while other stuff is happening around them you know like intercut you know they're like hey while we're waiting here let me tell you this story you know mm-hmm. it's like four or five stories um and most of them are just like trying to familiarize you with the idea of like the green lantern core so uh it's not a straightforward green lantern movie it's not really much of anything you know how jordan how jordan is on the cover and you certainly think he's the star based off a of building and whatnot but like nathan fillion has like six lines of dialogue in the movie um so uh yeah it's uh it's it's certainly a green lantern core movie that is very lore heavy and very um introductory to the green lantern core in general as an idea so um we're we're gonna win we're gonna talk about spoilers for both of these movies in full um so be aware of those um but um joe green lantern emerald knights do you like it love it hate it dislike it or do you think it's just okay yeah i, I think for the reasons that you mentioned like it, the fact that it has kind of like i love the way they kind of wrap this anthology in this overarching like plot which the plot itself is like it's pretty interesting but it's like it's kind of like day in the life of like how jordan is like training new recruit so she's kind of like a pov character and he's like mm-hmm. telling her like stories and like you said it's just sit there it's really to, to kind of like bolster the idea and the ideals of like the green lantern core and like get you into like what they are i think it's this is a great stepping on like stepping on point for green lantern like if you're like you're not initiating the touch a comic i think this is like a really good start because they introduce like a lot of important characters to lore um i i love the way i love like my favorite story is like the one with kilowog with the with the training that was like one of my favorite stories you kind of get the kind of origin of like how he became his like the way he is and like why he's like so tough and like you get the origin of like one of his catchphrases which is really cool uh, it felt very starship troopers like which one was he sorry uh kilowog's like the big like uh he looks like a rhino kind of like okay Killer, he's like in a ton of stuff like what is his catchphrase because i'm very un- un- uh, with. he calls people like um poosers it's almost like posers but like it, that's like the way he mm. says it but okay. uh, but it's basically like grunts or like whatever but it's like something he says um got it but he got that from his mentor like spoiler alert his mentor ends up ends up dying and it's basically something that he picks up like along the way like but anyways yeah uh to go back to the rating um uh, yeah, I actually really like this. Um, I, I'm not like over the moon like in love with it, but I definitely think um, this is like a great stepping on point for anybody who wants to get on like Green Lantern without having to read a bunch of comic books. Yeah, I um, I think that um, if you don't know what this movie is going into it, then you're not going to have a good time. And so that's why like I've noticed on um, a lot of Letterboxd reviews, like this has, this is generally like middling reviews. Uh, I think that people... Um, we're expecting something, especially kind of, again, because it was attached to the Green Lantern theatrical film. Um, people were like, oh, okay, so you released a prequel with it, but it's like, it's not, like, it's not a prequel because it's like, a, um, it, it's certainly a more experienced Hal Jordan because he's training somebody, right? But then also like, it talks about some stories from the past, but like, yeah, anyway, so it's like, I think a lot of people were just like, thought it was a really weird release and I think they're right, but um it's really uh, weird timing for release. I think it's like it's a really cool yeah, idea, yeah. but it's like it's like why did you release? It's just really weird. Like right, I so so I agree with that, and so I I can even see like if you haven't if you don't really have that experience, then that's or if you um, 
if you're unaware of what you're about to experience, then I can see why people wouldn't like it. But I, I enjoyed it. It's like it has its faults. Um, I think that overall, um, my the two biggest faults for this movie to me are anytime you make an anthology show or movie or anything, it, I'm really not. Uh, I'm I'm less inclined to love it um, because I have to love all of the individuals and I have to love the way they work together. And generally, I don't love every part of an anthology. I can't think of a single anthology that I'm like, I loved every single story they told here. You know, whether it's a TV series that was like, you know, um, like, you know, American Horror Story popularized it, right? Where it was like every season is a new theme, right? Mm-hmm. And that show's just gone on for way too long anyway. But um, yeah, the... Uh, um you know, there, there's certainly been other things um like shorter versions like hbo did a show called room 104 for a couple seasons that was like every episode was an anthology it just always took place in the same hotel room um you know so like i feel like there's um i can't think of a single example of an anthology that i love every like segment of so until i find that i'm just i don't know that i'm going to be in super love camp for any of them but uh, so that that's a common problem to me and then i think the connective tissue here is so weak tying any of these stories together i think um you know they they really feel forced how can we write dialogue in a way that we could just get to the next vignette like quickly and like it really feels clunky some of the time so the two biggest problems i have with anthology is is um i have to like all of the things and they and it has to feel naturally connected and this movie did not do either so um it's really big negative in my book but i think the things that this movie does that it is well um are awesome and the things that this movie does mediocre at is super mediocre and you know it's this is that weird era of dc animation where like in general most of the stuff's pretty good but like even the worst stuff is super watchable you know it's like this is no justice league doom you know or uh this is no uh under the red hood but this is certainly better than gotham knights uh, which we talked about earlier, which is also an anthology. This is, you know, in my opinion, better than half of the Batman solo stuff that I've seen. This is better than Superman Red Sun. You know, this is better than the Batman Hush movie. I'm not saying it's better than the comics and the story. I, w- I would agree that it's a lot better than Hush. I would. I did not like Hush. I was very... But then again, uh, I don't want to go too off tangent. But then again, like, Hush is like a really... Like, one of my favorite Batman stories just because, like... Yeah. It's a great story. It's, yeah, it's just a terrible. bunch of things. Yeah. terrible adaptation but yeah but but so, yeah, yeah. But, it's it's good um <laughs> i like did it quite a bit i it's but yeah it's got its problems uh, but um again you, even like the worst of this era of dc animation was still actually good so um let's get into it you said your favorite one was the um uh kentor uh the character's name <clears throat> uh Kilowog. um yeah i like the Kilowog story with them training oh, and like uh i thought that one was like super good I just like that character. I think he's super interesting. And I like the fact that he was voiced by Henry Rollins, which I thought was super awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, the one that I really liked, the one that uh, um, I don't know, maybe most people would, or maybe it was just like it was so different. It was unlike anything I'd seen. Uh, maybe it was because, look, I'm a sucker for an origin story, too. But like, I really attached to the Lyra one, Lyra. Um, that one was that one was really good. Um, yeah, it's really well done. The action was phenomenal because uh, yeah, like you, uh, they're like they're they're like an alien culture, but like they're definitely their aesthetic is like kind of like Eastern Asian, yeah, kind of like 
yeah. very inspired, but like it's like really cool looking. It, and it's so yeah, that was like one of my favorite stories too. Like, go ahead so the action in this movie looks pretty good, and this gets a chance to showcase it, right? And so, yeah. um, like, like, like for that reason, it like it worked. But then it's also like the family dynamic struggles. I mean, look, it's a story that like as it plays out, you can kind of tell exactly where it's going to go. It's not surprising, but I think it was just done really well. Um, and you know, it, it was the it was by far the one I was most attached to, you know, because I think for the most part, a lot of these stories are stories you can kind of tell where they're going. Like the second that um, there's the one, there's the one small vignette that's like um, the guy's like about to beat this really tough guy, and he's like, "Well, you'll never be- beat this Green Lantern." He's yeah. like, "Where can I find him?" <laughs> and he goes, and like he lands, and immediately I know, okay, um, the planet is the lantern like there's no way this is a like because of the setup i could tell like this is something bigger and then especially when the sensors start going off at everything i'm like okay yeah definitely definitely the planet huh do you know who wrote that because all these are based off of like i think largely based off of comic book stories and this one in particular is based off of the alan moore story really yeah i i was was gonna guess like the creator of modok you know like i really like it because like like you said those beats are like really like um they're really like d- discernible now, like or not discernible, like but like you see them, and you're like, aha, uh-huh, like that's the thing. But like when he wrote that, people were probably like, what, what is going? Like because he probably wrote that in like the 80s. They're like, what? Right. Yeah, but like it's oh, it's one cool. of those where like I could tell every single like step yeah. of the way where this was going to end, but it didn't make it any less enjoyable to watch. Like that's that's the difference. The execution uh, between... is like really good. Yeah, like look, it, it's going to lose points because. There were certainly times I felt like I could have checked out for five minutes, come back and not missed, not missed a thing of importance. But, um, but yeah, like I think in general, it was pretty well executed again, especially for the, for the labor storyline, the, uh, you know, even knowing where it's going to go. I think that one probably had the longest runtime out of all of them too. And probably wasn't terribly long, maybe like 20 minutes. Um, you know, like it was enough for me to get invested and connected and, um, Again, one of those things that I think I mentioned this um, before we started recording, but like, I'm really, really happy that I saw this because uh, my entire history with the Green Lantern character has been, I saw the Ryan Reynolds movie once in high school. Um, But even then, like, that's so Hal Hal Jordan centric, at least from what I remember. Um, And on Earth, like, I know there's definitely periods of the movie that take place, um, you know, with the Green Lantern core, but like, the movie is a Hal Jordan movie. Um, and because of CGI limitations and whatnot, you know, like so much of it is on earth and human. Um, but, um, yeah, so, so like, uh, and then the other, the other thing would be like the little snippets of, uh, of Green Lantern that we would get in some of the other DC animated films. So like, I think maybe Justice League Doom, he has the biggest role in, and even then it's a really small role. Um, Green Lantern is like a tertiary character in all those like Justice League movies. Uh, unless I'm just not thinking of one right now. It's it's always like he's around, uh, but he's he's just fighting. Like he really doesn't have much to do. So, uh, which is also why one of those, like, I really love the Injustice video games because I really love what they did with that Green Lantern character, you know, making Hal Jordan the Yellow Lantern. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and even like, I think, yeah, so you have a green, uh, so you have a green, Hal Jordan Green Lantern fighting a Hal Jordan Yellow Lantern for one of the fights. I was like, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, um, still didn't really expose me too much to a lot of the lore um, or a lot of the like Green Lantern core stuff. But either way, like I thought that stuff was really cool. So I really like 
that this movie exposed me to a lot of the Green Lantern Corps stuff. Um, like I feel, I feel more comfortable. And so now when you see a redheaded character in the back that looks kind of like Starfire um, or whatnot, you know, it's, I, I can connect to that character more, you know, or, or anytime you see like the giant rhinoceros looking Green Lantern, right? Like <laughs> it's more than just, Oh, this is just meant to be like showing that Green Lanterns are from all different races, right? Like there's actual story connected here. So, um, you know, there are more lanterns than just, Hal Jordan, um, John Stewart. And what, sorry, who's the like protege guy that's like waiting in the wings? Um, guy something. Uh, guy Gardner. Yes. Ball, ball haircut guy Gardner. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, As, that's my buddy's favorite um, lantern, and it's funny. He's like the biggest. He's like I, a big smartass. The the characters. So like the it's really funny. That's his favorite. Lantern. I don't know anything about that character because I've not experienced them because I don't think they're in any property that I've seen. Um, yeah, Guy Guy Gardner's like mostly in the in the comic books. I, he might have made appearances in like small animated, like the the kind of like kids DC animated stuff. I've never seen. Well, it was one of those that like I looked up because I wanted to be a little bit more familiar with some of the characters. And apparently, it you know this art this particular article maybe it's just the way the characters start off, but he's essentially like a lantern on reserve. Like if something happens to Hal Jordan, this guy can step in, but like he's not really anyway. Like and maybe that was just like for a run or for a show or whatever. Like a, mm-hmm. for something specifically, it wasn't necessarily you know. But yeah, it'd be like if Hal Jordan got hurt, then he could step in and do something or whatever. Or or he's the known successor, but he's not. He won't be the successor until the original dies. Or anyway, um, something like that. I don't need to know more for now because um, already like ingesting all of this stuff was a lot. My brain is a little, you know, don't overthink it, Aaron. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I, I really like this one. I thought the vignettes worked really well. And I, uh, I, I think the, La- the Lyra one worked specifically the best. And I think, uh, I think there's a lot to love about the animation here and it, it's nothing magical, but it's like, I, I think I get, like I gave it like a three out of five, uh, five stars um, because there's some things that don't work and there's some things that work great. And there's definitely like the, the connective tissue. Again, it really feels like they're just like small bit of dialogue that's going to accelerate us the fastest, no matter how clunky it sounds. And then the end battle was really cool um, and yeah, had, it had a decent number of fun call callbacks. And even like I like the moment at the end, how they're like, you know, you get you get your own story now. Like, uh, yeah, I liked it all. It was great. Um, I think the thing that's crazy about like they really pushed the PG a lot. Like I was like, this is pretty brutal for PG. There's a lot going on here. It's very like not like uh, gratuitous, but like very adult. You know what I mean? Like uh, I don't want to go too into too many details uh, about some of the things that go on, but like there are different things you're like, wow, I can't believe they did that in a PG movie. Uh, the intro kind of sets the tone. You're like, whoa, like somebody gets like you know uh, disintegrated, and you're like, Ooh, okay, we're kind of setting the tone here, um, but. Yeah, that kind of caught me off guard, but, but like kind of in a good way. Um, I actually enjoyed it that they kind of went that route. Uh, there's there's also, I think when they, one of the things that was apparent to me is that the creators have, the creators of, I, I'm going to just say something that maybe is totally factually wrong. So I'm just going to say this movie feels like it was an opportunity for different creators to tell different Green, their favorite Green Lantern stories in a short amount of time, especially if they were non-Hal Jordan focused. Um, and so for that, like, maybe, like even like write your segment, we're just going to have the same people animate everything that way, you know, consistency, whatnot. So like a lot of them feel tonally very different, but like also you're able to kind of pass because they are different stories from different cultures and different people. So like you kind of get over that. 
to me. Um, but it almost feels like the the people that were writing this just have such a love for Green Lantern Corps stuff because there's a lot of just like little references that like I, I don't know, but I really feel like they um, have to be something bigger. Like um, what's the at the very end um, as after they defeat the planet thing and they're walking over to go take the girl to 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 boot camp or whatever. Like Hal Jordan's like, now let me tell you the time about how I like fought with a squirrel or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's clearly a reference to something. I have no idea what, but that's yeah. clearly a reference to either, it, it, either a ridiculous green lantern story, kind of like how the Lego Batman movie kind of pokes fun at condiment King. How it's like, yep, that's a real person. You know, it, it's, it's gotta clearly... be one of those in jokes. Like I'm not, I don't know all the in jokes of every comic book character, of course, especially green lantern, but that definitely rang. Like that was an in joke for, for fans. Yeah. You know, well, and it's character. like, it's either them poking, you know, alluding to a story that everybody loves or just like a ridiculous ones that everybody's like, yeah, we try not to acknowledge it, but at least you're just doing it like this, you know? Um, but, but either way, like it felt, there was a lot of moments in this that you could tell were just Easter eggs, but I didn't, I don't have to know the background to still know, oh, that's a fun moment that I'm sure somebody is geeking out about over, you know? And I'm sure there's a ton that I missed, but. Uh, Did you like the Sinistro line? I thought it was kind of corny, but I kind of liked it. He was like, um, it, you're going to have to be more specific. He's like, he's like, if I had a dollar for like, every time I heard that, I'd have my own core. And I was like, oh, yeah. I kind of like cringe and did this, but I was like, that's kind of good though. And, and Jason Isaacs, the way he delivered it, I was like, all right, that works. Like he's well, really- there's that, <laughs> there's that line. And there's mm-hmm. like a line. There's a couple lines that are very tongue in cheek, knowing that Sinestro eventually becomes like the right. bad guy in Green Lantern stuff. But like how um, there's like one point where, um, like they're talking about loyalty and there's like, nobody's more loyal than Sinestro. And like, right. Like definitely there's a couple of lines there where you go, um, uh, where, where, where you kind of go like, yeah, I get it. I know. Right. But I do appreciate how the movie also didn't choose to like stuff in the, Hey, by the way, Sinestro is eventually bad. Right. Like we know, um, like, and that's, and that's, you know, you can make your anthology series and not have that. You know, it's almost like one of those, um, not from, this is also different because my understanding. Um, so for Doctor for the Doctor Strange movie, my understanding is that uh, Mordo is always a villain. He's like never a hero. So turning him, yeah, he's into a, a <laughs> okay. So turning him into the hero, uh, into a like a Anti- hero yeah. in the first one, right? Like a uh, a member of the Sorcerers Guild, whatever. Um, yeah, it was, it was a creative decision made, um, by the, by the writers of the film. Um, so I think it was like a really excellent decision because it gives this character, in my opinion, more depth. It makes him more, yeah. I don't know, like, but, but again, point being, like, villain? yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think it first time we're introducing Dr. Strange to a ton of different people. So I think it's totally fine to have that. Right. And to, it, to I mean, tease him as being a bad guy in the future, but then yeah. also like, the point is like we know where sinister is eventually going we don't have to see it you know um so same could be said for lots of different things you know um we don't have to see it every time it's one of those like i don't need to see batman's parents die every single time you know it's like it feels like everybody knows sinestro is a it's weird seeing sinestro in green like that's how obvious it is um and so you know we don't need to see now again fun casual tongue-in-cheek stuff it's a little cringy but at the same time there's uh there's 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 a a wink wink nudge nudge and you have a little smile and you move on you know i don't need to see i liked it 
like I said, I, I don't need this movie to have a post-credit stinger where with Sinestro turning yellow. You know, um, right? I think I think he did a good job of already kind of teeing that up, and especially the story with uh, Abin Sur and like you got they kind of explored their relationship more. And I was like, that was cool. Like I didn't really, I've never really gotten into those two characters. Kind of, they always talk about their relationship, and I don't like read a ton of Green Lantern comic books. So it was kind of cool, like to get into the relationship, like they were like really best friends and wherever they core with each other. So that was kind of cool. And like the the them like them having like opposing ideologies about fate mm-hmm. or about destiny, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I think I think this is a really solid intro. If you're if you're one of those people like me that's like, oh, I feel like there's a lot to know about Green Lantern core stuff, and you know, I just trust that the movies are going to do it. Like the whatever the Green Lantern core movie is going to do it, then you know, cool. But like. I think this is a solid introduction to the character in the core. It's nothing overly complex, but it does get you a couple of familiar faces and certainly at least how the core works, you know, um, because there's the whole thing. It was totally new to me about the like needing to recharge your ring. And I don't know if that was just like in the Ryan Reynolds movie and I forgot. Um, no, you, you know, have I'm... to recharge your ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, and the, um, uh, like, I, like, Again, Green Lantern is such a tertiary character in in all the animated stuff that I've seen. Like I've never seen that, right? And so, like the fact that all the lanterns, you know, they're saying like, "Hey, recharge," because we're gonna have to take the the giant lantern offline for a while, you know. And so you have to walk up to it and say the oath. Like that was that was a really interesting lore and world building for me. And you know, um, I, I love the oath. It's so good. it's so cool. It's Although so written and like the way people deliver it, it's so good. Look, I. I it's so good. It's so powerful. It's awesome. But as a child that grew up in the late nineties, early two thousands, I just I can't not hear the kids saying the thing that takes them to Dragonland from Dragon Tales because it's got the same cadence to it. Oh, uh, um, I, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm old, so I I like yeah. I'll it's probably a little bit yeah. yeah. But it's the like the like it's something the thing that I hear it's it says like I I wish I may I wish I might um have this wish I wish tonight and that's the to me that's when I hear the oh um, it's it's in, totally in darkest day in black purpose. it's the same it's the same cadence, cadence on purpose like that because like that cadence is like a thing that's been going on forever <laughs> maybe it's a test yeah anyway it, like it's awesome it's so good but it's just one of those things that I'm pointing out maybe if you're sitting there like it feels so familiar. Guys, it's Dragon Tail. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, no, no, it's a. Uh, I think this is a really great introduction to the to the core, and uh, I definitely will reference this a little bit more during our B plot. So um, I think I've said my piece for now. Like, like the biggest thing to me is it's totally fine. It's a great introduction. It's nothing spectacular. There's certainly some parts that I enjoyed more than others, and ultimately the narrative connective tissue is non-existent. So, um, but. You know, I I, th- I think it ultimately ends in a pretty satisfying way to the end where I start seeing Letterboxd reviews and I'm like, did I watch a different movie? Like, because there's people that are just ragging on it and whatnot. And it's like, there's nothing to rag on here. It's but there's also not really anything for me to particularly praise. So uh, except for animation style, it's great. And man, this this is interesting. But I think between this and Beware My Power and then I, even seeing Green Lantern kind of in the background, does Green Lantern have the best like animated action out of all these because like batman's hit or miss right some of it works really well some of it doesn't like i think green lantern might have the best like animated action out of the like dc animated movies in this era i guess i always rewatch a lot of the batman ones that are aggressive 
So I I had like this like really Dark Knight skewed... Returns is impressive, right? I'm I watch all the kind of like upper under echelon. the Red Hood is under the Red Hood is probably the best action I would say, uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm talking about all the good ones. But yeah, if you watch more of the Batman ones, like because there's so many Batman animated films, you're like, all right, some of this stuff is getting a little tiresome, but like some of it's like a little yeah. like rinse repeat, but like. A lot of the stuff that was going on here was like super interesting, especially with like the way they did constructs and like the way they like angled a lot of their animation. Like, yeah. A lot of the cinematography was like super interesting. Yep. I'm also wondering like how much of that is just the freedom with a character like Green Lantern, because you know Batman's kind of got a limited of what he can do, but right. The Green Lantern is like like the idea of like you know I mean, your some, wing... of your great, some of your greatest lanterns are just like super imaginative, like Kyle Reiner. So like yeah, yeah exactly like. So creative, you, you know, doing doing things like you know, j- building a brick wall to protect yourself, which like obviously you know, e- but then like choosing whatever weapon you want to use, right, and using that and whatever scale you want to use, or like I I can only really remember one small scene about um, Green Lantern, like actually like the, the the Ryan Reynolds movie with it, like in the action thing, but like there's there's like a a car that has like gone uh, like off the rails and it's like maybe being used to like be thrown at somebody or something. And like, he builds a hot wheels track. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I remember that. And like, look, I, I know it's stupid on paper and in practice, but like, no, that's probably one creative. of the coolest parts of the, that's probably one of the cooler parts of that movie. Is, like, him but, that. but I remember, I, I remember that because I'm like, Oh, that's really creative. What else can this guy do? You know, as opposed to Batman, you know, especially like some the, like the old Adam West stuff where it's like, He's probably got bat shark repellent in his belt, you know, like, and then yeah. you might have uh, a grappling hook. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. A really cheesy one. But, and then, and then, you know, everything, everything back then has tried to, uh, since then has tried to bring Batman back down to real life. And so it's like, okay, well now you're limiting him. And it's like, you know, there's, there's a fun amount of what he can do, but that character is very limited um except for the tools that he can use which is i think is also why like the arkham games are so great um, because you have these tools at your disposal and you can use them in a million different ways so you know uh the green lantern thing is just like there's so much room to be creative there and i think it really shows well in the action um let's move on to beware my power then this is a movie that only came out um last year actually an animated movie uh and it is like the first john stewart big property so um, I have no history with Jon Stewart. I know that he's a Green Lantern, and I know that like people love Hal Jordan, but I think it's widely considered that people like Jon Stewart more now. Um, I mean, it's weird because like there's certainly more comics with Hal, but I think like it's it's almost one of those how like people are begging for Jon Stewart stories, kind of like in the same way that people are begging for more Miles Morales instead of Peter Parker, because like we've we've gotten enough Peter Parker. You know, let's let's try to tell a story with Miles Morales now. Um, yeah, let's kind of like or you know and and if we didn't get across the spider-verse and i'm sure there would be people clamoring like please miguel o'hara you know like uh you know i'm sure people are still clamoring for that in live action but um yeah the um uh so anyway john stewart is one of those where it's like his name would come up and i'd be like ah it's a name that i definitely recognize and that's one of those like i can understand the weight behind it but it doesn't mean anything to me so uh this is my first exposure to him other than if you really want to count i know the the final season of arrow like makes john diggle they're like they make him john stewart and he like goes by diggle or something like that i don't i I saw the first three seasons of arrow so i'm semi-familiar with that but obviously i don't think they intended that from the start anyway 
Um, Green Lantern, beware of my power. Uh, Joe, do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? Yeah, um, like a little like intro for me and like for the character. Um, yeah, I, I love John Stewart. John Stewart is personally my favorite Green Lantern, and it's probably just simply because of the animated series. Um, it was it. I, I wouldn't say it was even a weird choice, but like I was like, yeah, that's a breath of fresh air. You guys took, you know, you guys like switching characters around, like instead of put, putting like Hal Jordan as your as your Green Lantern, like yeah, let's let's give John Stewart some love. So like introduce this whole generation to to a new character um, that they may not have even like known about if they you know never read the comic books or been initiated. So yeah, that's like that was my background with John Stewart. I just like the fact that he was a soldier too, like and he can handle himself outside of like you know he doesn't have his ring. He's still a threat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's still a soldier. Um, so, yeah, I've just always thought he was, like, super cool. And I, I think he has, like, some of the more interesting, like, stories. Um, he actually has one really crazy story where um, he's really down on his luck and he accidentally destroys a planet. Um, so, like, it's one of the big John Stewart stories. Um, and it's it's pretty dark. Um, but, yeah, John Stewart has, like, a lot of great stories. I think he's one of the top. Um, I think, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's... At the very least, I think I think a lot of people are. It's one of those where they want more John Stewart stories, but I think it's widely considered now that John Lay, that John um uh that yeah John Stewart yeah uh that he is the most powerful Green Lantern at this point, at least like uh, Earth Earth Realm Protector. Like he's certainly more powerful than Hal Jordan ever was. In my opinion, yes, I think he has more willpower. Um, so. I, I read some, I again, brief brief thing that I saw that was apparently, like, he doesn't even need to wear his ring anymore because he's, like, so connected to the core. Like... That's dope. That is crazy. That's, like, that's like some broken OP stuff, and I love it. That just sounds great. <laughs> that's comic books yeah. right there. <laughs> right, yeah. That, yeah, mm-hmm. so, that, so that was one of those that, like, I remember, like, um, Googling. Because I, I wanted to know, um, does, like, d- in the comics, do John Lane, do... Do, do John Stewart and um, Hal Jordan meet up with one another, you know, or, or is yeah. John Stewart the successor to Hal Jordan? You know, I did, I was, I didn't know. So I just kind of wanted to know, are, do, are they protectors of earth and, you know, this segment at the same time, or, you know, are, are they different? Is John Stewart's like set in the future, you know, by a hot, you know, hot minute or whatever. You know, I, I was curious. I wanted to know. And so one of the things that came up was that yeah apparently john stewart doesn't even need to wear his ring anymore because he's so connected to the core that's crazy uh, so anyway um so did you say like it love it hate it just like i think it's just okay for this movie yeah sorry i kind of rolled off the road like talking about john stewart more as a character but like um overall so as a movie i'd say it's okay um i, I didn't think it was fantastic i wasn't really in love with the, the art style but i did like the character designs if that makes any sense like i didn't like the thick outline for the characters it kind of reminded me of archer it kind of made me laugh a little bit the way <laughs> yeah it just kind of like <laughs> well i think this is this is uh the start of dc's like new timeline because there was that period from flashpoint paradox to apocalypse war that they were like doing a consistent timeline and every movie was really? you know part of this timeline very rarely were they doing elseworld but they were every now and then like superman red sun was elseworld um you know, because before Flashpoint Paradox, they were just like, sure, let's just do whatever. You know, and so that's ultimately why Hush is so bad is because they fit it into this timeline. Um, and so and then I think they like did a few smaller projects. And then I think they kicked it off again with like the Superman Man of Tomorrow movie that came out, I think, in 2020, 2021, maybe. Um, and they've released a decent number of projects, but most of them have been like non like like uh the, the Batman ones is just Long Halloween Part One and Two I think I don't think I'm missing any 
Um, no, I think those are, those are the only I th- recent. I think ones, there's right? just the Superman, Man of Tomorrow, but they've done a couple Justice League ones. Like there's the Justice League. Um, oh shoot, it's like in the past. Um, New Frontier. Yes, New Frontier, and then they just released Justice League War World, which nobody likes. Um, Have you watched the and... the older New Frontier movie? No, it's really good. <laughs> the art style it, it perfectly encapsulates like the comic book where like that retro style like it's cool. really cool well so like like i know they just came out with like it was like a justice league versus like the fatal five or something like that or mm-hmm. teen titans versus the fatal five i think anyway like point is they're doing a new timeline thing and i think they're actually trying to make them all the same art style now um as opposed to just kind of letting whoever's directing do their own anyway so I think may- right. that also kind of sucks because they're limited to whatever Superman Man of Tomorrow established. I think I could be wrong about that, but yeah, um, I, I think that's kind of lame. I kind of like that there's kind of they kind of like they try to cater to the style, like especially if it's like a, a a run of the comic book or something. Like they try to like emulate that style. I don't know. It's kind of a shame. I yeah, I really liked um, um, I really liked the action in this. This I thought the action again was just. I think it was the best part. Well. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't particularly like the animation style um, for the other rest of it. Ultimately, I really didn't like this movie, um, which is a shame because I really wanted to like it. Um, and when they announced this movie, it's like, oh, cool. They're finally doing a Jon Stewart Green Lantern movie. Awesome. And um, and then it came out and I, I didn't remember any of the reviews because not a ton of people I know really watch a lot of the new stuff. There's a couple of people I follow on Letterboxd, but like. You know, was that when I was in college, I had a couple roommates that they would like they would know all this stuff and they would be like, hey, cool. Like and then they would, you know, buy them and then we would watch them together and whatnot. Uh, so they were really the ones that got me into because I don't think I saw any of them before college. Maybe I like only saw. No, I definitely saw Dark Knight Returns part one and two, which means I definitely saw Under the Red Hood. Yeah, but, the- like that might have been that might have been it, you know, and then I got to college and they're like, you haven't seen Justice League Doom. And then they put it on. It's like, yeah, like that's incredible. Anyway, um, so I remember being like, I don't really know what people's reaction to this is. But then I started like saw the review scores for them. And it's like pretty across the board, like 40 percent on Rotten Tomatoes and whatnot. And it's just I was like, there's no way that's right. And I popped in. I'm like, man, 40 so high. Like, <laughs> I really didn't like this movie. There's so much to me not to like. And um, man, where do you want to start? Um, I don't know. I, I think that there's just so much going on. Like, I think we talked about this when we're just signing on. Like, there's just a lot of concepts going on, a lot of different comic book runs and ideas going on in one film. And they don't they don't really work one another. Like, in this film, not at all. I, I no, did not, not expect Adam Strange to show up, which is really weird to me. Uh, he didn't fit at all. He didn't fit at all in, into the plot. I, it kind of takes away from the story. It makes it longer and more bloated than it needs to be. Um, and and like like Aaron said, like I want to love this movie. I love John Stewart, but uh, it just like I said, the best part of this is the action. That's where you're gonna get the most bang for your buck. Especially like th- as much as Adam Strange it was weird choice to be in this movie. Um, the, the fight that he has when they confront him is actually really cool. Like the camera angles are really, really awesome. Look. Um, so yeah, check that fight out. If you, you know, check this movie out. But uh, like plot wise and story wise, wasn't too impressed. Uh, voice talent that was good. Um, Fine. That was okay. Um, I thought Jimmy Simpson is probably the best out of everybody. I think he's actually pretty talented. I liked him as Green Arrow, but everybody else I thought was like, um, yeah, he's a standout. But it's not saying much. <laughs> but, 
I, um, so like the big thing for me is so much. Okay. (laughs) uh, You mentioned, all right. So you mentioned how there's lots of different stories going on and, and how, so apparently this is like a combination of four different comic runs melded into one story. And like, it feels that way. Um, Like, Like really big runs too like sorry to interrupt like origin story and like a huge i mean so so there's the john stewart origin story there's the what happened to the lantern core um what happened to hal jordan like what happened to hal jordan and then yeah and then adam strange uh, yeah adam strange feels so like clunky in this movie it's almost like they're like we think fans would like to see him let's throw him in this project and like he doesn't fit at all i'm also sick of like Look, let's be honest. Who's watching these movies? It's the people that read the comics, you know, um, or at least are familiar with the comics. So when you show me when you show me somebody who and I don't think it's actually I could be wrong, but like it feels like almost exactly that character. When you show me Hawk Girl attack Green Lantern, I obviously know this is going to be one of those like, oh, they just don't know who each other are and eventually going to be buddy buddy by the end of it, you know? Right. It's, a, it's just a misunderstanding. <laughs> right. And that's why I'm like the voice, the, the character in this film is Shayera Hole, but like hot girl is Shayera Sanders Hall. So it's like, I got to imagine, here we go. Shayera Hall, common care. I've got to imagine it's, it's, it's hot girl, right? Like it's not same species. Like it is hot girl. So it's like, look, I know, I know that, Hot girl's a good guy, so right. so why are we doing this? You know, it, it, like even at the beginning when John Stewart infiltrates the the Justice League Watchtower and they're all like, ooh, 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 bad guy," ooh, and they fight for a little <laughs> bit. It's like <laughs> they do. It's like do I that. know. It's like, come on, man. Like, look, I get it, right? If the, if you're on the Justice League Watchtower and somebody waltzes in there, you you should be defensive. But like, you know, again, same thing with like Adam Strange who. I was unaware of, but I could tell immediately like he's going to wind up being a good guy and joining their team. So let's just skip the fight. You know, like I'm kind of glad uh, they didn't skip that fight for us because it was pretty badass. But like, yeah, as I a mean, story point, it made no sense. Yeah. But like, it, yeah, but my point, my, my other point too is just, I'm, I'm sick and tired of seeing, you know, it's like, oh, Matt Reeves would never put, you know, Batman fighting Robin in the Batman too. you know, like, no, they would have like, maybe like a, a discussion or something i don't know right if, if we're gonna have a tip it wouldn't be like a full on like now yeah, let's fight you know what i mean like it's like it's it's like that that scene even from earlier this year with the flash right where um where they go to um wayne manor and and then flash starts fighting michael keaton batman it's like yeah we know where this is gonna end up right they're they're both heroes we know they're heroes they're gonna yeah it's it's dumb <laughs> i guess i'm just tired of seeing that trope that cliche all that stuff so um let something else that doesn't really work about this movie is they try to like make john stewart this really both heroic but also like disturbed person like because they mentioned that he won a medal of honor so it's like okay yeah sure like he's clearly going to be the guy to you know it makes sense why the lantern why the ring would choose him uh but then they're like keep on having like ptsd flashbacks to stuff and it's like it like it just doesn't work at all uh, in the movie, I don't think um, like it feels really off-putting. It feels out there. It feels like again, just one extra thing in the movie that really didn't need to be there. Um, so that didn't work for me at all. And then at the end of it, um, and um, you know, I, it, the movie was so convoluted. I was so out of it by the end. Um, I didn't. I, I didn't like the movie enough to try to even follow along what was happening. 
But, you know, by the end of the movie, like Hal Jordan is a bad guy and is killed as a bad guy. Like, you can't do that to Hal Jordan. You can't. (laughs) And from my understanding, from what you were telling me, Joe, earlier, is that this is part of a storyline where Hal Jordan is corrupted by a thing. And they eventually try to later, like in later comic runs, like almost retcon him, you know, his 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 badness. Yeah, they try to retcon the badness by saying like, well, he was possessed by the entity of a parallax which is the which which most people know is like the the embodiment of fear it's basically kind of like almost what powers the sinister core is fear so essentially this thing they kind of retcon for like they could have made him just like straight up bad guy like you know he's just greedy for power one day or like you know his will broke and he just went crazy um that's what they initially went with and then like they're like oh you got possessed by parallax you know this is right well and if look if i'm remembering this movie right which maybe I missed something, right? I wasn't paying too much attention the last 20 minutes. Um, but like, like he's certainly, he's certainly infected with something, it seems, but it's not like an infection. Let's treat him and save him. It's like, this thing has corrupted Hal Jordan and the only way to stop him is to kill him. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so Hal Jordan dies a villain. Like, come on, man. Who thought that was a good idea? Now, don't get me wrong. I don't know. I, it's been such a long time since I've read the story. I don't know if they killed him in the comics and he came back because of comic books. That's how it works. <laughs> but, I don't care, man. But but but, but but anyways, it doesn't. It still feels cheap and it feels it feels bad. If that's your first introduction to Hal Jordan, that's a bad introduction. That's well, really and it's bad. like not only that, but Hal Jordan. Look, look. I I know I was just saying how like it feels like fan culture really wants more John Stewart stuff than Hal Jordan stuff right now. I think part of that is also just like one of those. Like, why would you use Hal Jordan when you could use John Stewart? Especially because you tried to use Hal Jordan with the Brian Reynolds one. So just forget about that movie. Yeah. Like, it's, it's one of those where it's almost like maybe the Flash should just do Wally West, you know, like in the next one. Uh, I would love that. My favorite like, Flash. <laughs> like, we don't have to do Barry Allen, you know. Uh, like, like, it kind of feels like one of those. Um, like, maybe maybe the fans are just like, John Stewart's better anyway. You know, anyway but it's like, but there's no need to tarnish the name of how like there's no need to tarnish like how Jordan, who is one of the most like stable, like intelligent, especially emotionally intelligent characters in comics. Like, um, you know, he is the symbol of hope <laughs> literally like he fights with hope. Um, so anyway, um, really bad taste in my mouth there. And then, um, yeah. I, and then again, just, it feels like they were like, Hmm, what other DC characters who we throw at Adam Strange, Hot Girl? Like, <sighs> yeah, it seemed like a there, grab, there is a really cool bag and like threw him in the film. There is a really cool moment at the end, actually, where like Hal, you find out Hal Jordan killed the whole Green Lantern Corps, and he's like his hands are full of their rings, like he's wearing ten lantern rings. That's a that's straight up from the comic book cover. Like, I'll have to find that image and show you later, and you'll be like, that is awesome. And yeah, I can't like it's it's super like cool. With all the but, rings. It's super cool, but like that scene ends with John Stewart, this brand new Green Lantern, like taking the rings off of his fingers, like not physically, but just like the power is um, he's he's somehow manipulating. Let's just call it the force, whatever, you know, to to take away the the rings and actually bring them back. And it's really cool. Like, that's awesome. Um, but again, like he could have done that to Sinestro, you know, so, right. Um, that would have been cool. Yeah. Anyway, the plot's plots you can tell they're trying to do three or four different comic runs in one story it doesn't work um i don't you know none of the voice acting or animation was particularly stand out to me 
in good or bad ways. Um, you know, I it's fine. It's it's totally okay. But but there I was missing that sense of, you know, how in Green Lantern Emerald Knights, how how we have the Green Lantern core. I was really missing that in this movie because like we're only learning the bare minimum about the Green Lantern core. And even then, like we're not really learning anything because there is no more Green Lantern core at this point. You know, everybody is dead. All the lanterns are dead. And, um, you know, the the planet is or the, like their headquarters is destroyed. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's one of those where it's like I, I really did miss the Green Lantern core element to all of that. So, um, yeah, I'll, I really didn't like this one. It's kind of funny. Like, I feel like these movies are like opposing opposing films and ideas. Uh, just like you said, like there's like little or no hope in this movie. Like there's it's pretty it's a dark story. It uh, is. And that's coming from the first story that we did, which is had dark elements, but like knew how to balance it and like. They definitely knew what they were going for, right? They're trying to convey a message. They're trying to sell you the core, like because obviously it was like, like you said, it was packaged with the film. Still not a choice, but I get what they were trying to do, like get people introduced and get them juice for the movie. Um, but yeah, this one, yeah, it kind of left the like, like you said, a sour taste in my mouth. It feels kind of mean spirited. Uh, I don't know. Are you laughing That's at the an, picture I sent you? This is an awesome comic cover. Just Google Green Lantern Emerald Twilight. Oh, it's so good. It's like That's I'm, awesome. Like. I'm not even like not to say Green Lantern, like I love Green Lantern as a character. He's like not one of my favorite characters, but this is like one of my favorite comic book covers. Period. It's just so awesome. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, Joe, I got to be honest with you. I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. Uh, I mean, that's fine. I really don't want to either. Cool. <laughs> I would. I would well, very much fair. like to. I'd very much like to move on to our B plot because, as opposed to just you know um, saying the same things about why this movie doesn't work, it, I think it's safe to say. That green, that green Lantern Corps, it it really feels like this is the last shot for a while. Like this movie that they're making, right? Because like they've made three total animated films since two thousand nine, right? Two thousand nine was the first one they ever made for Green Lantern, right? So they've only made three, which means like he's not he's not getting a ton of like animated film stuff, you know. Um, now maybe if uh, maybe if the live action doesn't go well, they'll just push him to animated, and they'll just do that well do that realm or whatever but it's like then you then you also have all the the ryan reynolds 2011 movie you know baggage right um you know and not only that but that movie was supposed to be like the kickstart of the dcu like that movie was supposed to be you know iron man um yeah so you know i mean well i mean i think they were hoping that it, that the Christopher Nolan's back, the Dark Knight trilogy was going to be like Iron Man and this was going to be like, you know, the Incredible Hulk or, you know, like one of the other movies that cuts in. You know, either way, this was supposed to be that that movie was supposed to be one of the foundations for the original DCU. And then it performed so poorly, they reset everything immediately. Um, That's what we got and, all the, you know, the, um, the Snyder stuff that we got. Yeah. And so so they're like, all right, scrap that. Cool. Let's start with Superman then. Um, that seems logical. So, so like, it really feels like there's a lot of pressure on this Green Lantern Corps movie. Joe, I, I think there's a really good conversation to be had about how do you make Green Lantern work as a movie, especially with all the baggage currently attached to the character and the baggage attached to the DCU at large. Um, how do you insert if you if you are if you and I are James Gunn and Peter Safran, how are we making how are we guiding this uh, Green Lantern Corps movie? Um, what's your first thought? Yeah, I think my answer is for boring because I think they already kind of like 
handpicked what I would have done with Green Lantern. I think a lot of people were like leaning towards this direction because it seems so fitting and obvious like to have it be like a buddy cop type of deal. And I think that's what they're going with or what they announced what they're going to go with. Uh, so I'm from, so I don't think that there's been much announced about it at all. Um, like nothing, at least officially. I think they've said the plan is to have all three, um, the Hal Jordan, John Stewart and Guy Gardner all in the movie. Kind of like how Ant-Man did, you know, had Scott Lang and Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. I think that's their plan. Um, but then I, I also I think is a pretty pretty good move. I think it's pretty solid. But then I I also th- like they haven't officially had any casting, and I think um, it's just it's not confirmed on IMDb or anything. But I think um, James Gunn has already cast Nathan Fillion in that movie. I freaking hope it's for Hal Jordan. Um, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, I think I think if you if you had made this like you know. In his prime, like I would have loved. Well, I I think I think why not why not still have him be Hal Jordan, but like have him be fifty year old Hal Jordan, you know, experienced, ah, seasoned, right? I think that'd be really cool. Like, yeah, do do it like you did a again with like a Hank Pym, Scott Lang kind of thing, right? Where you 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 know he's an, an older, experienced Hal Jordan, and he's showing John Stewart or Guy Gardner the ropes, you know. I'm actually pretty down for that, but like like I said, if if, that, if that's the route they go, and I, I really trust James Gunn nowadays. I mean, I've had no reason not to trust him. I just recently watched Guardians Three finally. I was like, this yeah. movie's beautiful. <laughs> oh, this is great. And, well, I, and not only that, but let's also remember the that the I only like the <laughs> only contributions as of yet that James Gunn has made to the DCU is the Suicide Squad and the Peacemaker. The Peacemaker, like is awesome. <laughs> like even though the Flash and Blue Beetle both released after Gunn and Safran were announced replacing you know as as head of Warner Brothers, like those were filmed, those were in post, some later than others, like. It you can't really attribute those movies to those two yet, you know. And James Gunn has been on record saying the DCU doesn't start until Superman Legacy. So like, you know, which is twenty twenty five. So you know, currently, you know, barring writer strike and actor strike and all that. Anyway, so it's like you really can't attribute any of this to them yet. Um, but right. yeah, so so yes, so it's one of those. And look, blue, I I like Blue Beetle a good amount. So just like yes, Flash. Yes, thing. Flash sucked. Yes, Blue Beetle's good. It's not great, but like you can't like Blue Beetle is not the product of James Gunn. You know that movie is not the product of James Gunn. Anyway, right. I just wanted to get that out there. So yes, I agree with you. I I th- I I still have no reason to believe that he'll do wrong, and I think I think his Guardians background will really help, um, specifically Green Lantern Corps because of his because from my understanding is before Disney fired him because of the old tweets and whatnot. The plan was he was going to be in charge of the cosmic side of the MCU and Feige yeah. was going to run Earth Avenger stuff. And it's like, that'd be awesome. So we'd probably anyway. be in a totally different state right now. I mean, that's a whole different story with Marvel and kind of like how they're, how yeah, they're I, handling TV and whatnot. But like, yeah, we'd be in a whole different state now if they're. If so, so, so you and I. Attached. You and I are James Gunn and Peter Safran. Like, what 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 are the things that you're that you're wanting to? What are the decisions that you're making besides having you know multiple Green Lan- multiple of our known Green Lantern in the movie? Well, I think I think if I do multiple Green Lanterns, like like what they're planning, and you know I'm trying to hit from different like from different angles, different prongs, right? As far as like they're doing properties, right? They're all connected. Um, why not make this a series? Like I I think they talked about making this a series. I think so too. Because they, they're like, we want it to be kind of like true detective, like buddy cop kind of kind of deal, like a little, 
they even said like a little darker too. Like when they when they mentioned like True Detective, I was like, oh, that's that's really cool. I could, I could see that being a thing with the Green Lanterns. Like they're they're very much there's detectives, they're enforcers, they're you know they're all types of things that wear many hats. So like I think that'd be really a really interesting premise. Um yeah, so it looks like in July. Okay, so um uh, so Nathan Fillion will be playing Guy Gardner. Oh, he's playing Guy Gardner. Uh, oh, that is amazing. Um, but he's playing him in Superman Legacy. That's still amazing. That's yeah. I'm sure uh, he won't have the crazy bull haircut if he does. That's amazing. But, uh, I hope he does, man. I hope he does. Too. Um. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So he he just he he has been cast in for Superman. Like anyway, I I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I remember them talking about Green Lantern. I, I thought Green Lantern was just straight up turned into a series instead of a movie. Now I can't see anything that says otherwise. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I think their best run. Like, not to say this is perfect by any means, but like, I like the plan behind. I per- personally like really like Miss Marvel. I thought it was, was pretty pretty cool. Uh, but like, I like the idea of like they had the Miss Marvel show, right? They introduced a new character, but then like. It got it's getting swept up until you know to the marvels maybe like if they had a plan like that that'd be really cool like they could have like their big series where they plan all these characters out like flush them out and then they can have like their big event thing be like a movie i think that's kind of cool i think that's a really great formula sometimes underutilized it looks like it's going to be a hbo max series just called lanterns wow cool. i think okay here's my biggest thought i think the best route forward would be it, make a green lantern movie that doesn't take place on earth um introduce us to a green lantern have an origin story for a lantern that is completely unconnected to anything going on right now establish the green lantern core get us some some world building and some lore building there get us um um get us set up with that world before you're gonna because there's a lot of reasons why the 2011 film doesn't work but one of them is the green lantern core is complex and vast and like ancient right there's tons of history tons of lore there you don't want to like oversaturate everything so just make it take place as its own thing i was even thinking why don't you take the story of uh Lyra from emerald knights why don't you just turn that into a movie that could be awesome um or lyra sorry i'm can't remember how they say it. Lyra, Lyra, mm-hmm. whatever. You could just do that. Just, just the, the like, the, the, the one that I said I really liked the most. Just, just the redhead girl, you know, that's very like Eastern Asian, like, um, inspired, um, uh, culture, culture wise. You, that condensed 20 minute story, you turn it into a two hour thing and you, um, you, you, you introduce us to the Lantern Corps there. Then, you do lantern core on earth stuff um having already been familiar with the green lanterns you know that way also if it doesn't work out or if it doesn't connect to fans you don't really have the question of oh where's hal jordan and all this or whatever you know now i'm not saying make your film with backups to let them be completely dismissed but i'm saying introduce the green lantern core apart from earth then bring in hal jordan or john stewart Get us familiar with the Green Lantern Corps, wash the taste of that Ryan Reynolds 2011 film out, even have a cameo of somebody playing Hal Jordan so people aren't speculating that Ryan Reynolds is coming back or whatnot, you know, like, you know, um, but but I think don't even have Hal Jordan or Jon Stewart or any of them, just make a standalone Green Lantern film 
a Green Lantern core film, um, introduce us to that world, introduce us to that concept. And I think like the most important thing is going to be get somebody to be the head of that and like really drive that as again, like the cosmic side of this DC stuff, like almost like how James Gunn was going to do for Marvel. Like I really think, I mean, I, I, I because there's two people in charge of DC, I think it's going to work out that way. But I, I was thinking like you get whoever is going to make the Green Lantern movie to be in charge of all Green Lantern core stuff moving forward. Like, you know, yeah. so, so I had a couple ideas. Um, I thought my first thought was Matthew Vaughn because I think um, I like, I mean, I like the dude a lot and I think uh, he did a really great job establishing X-Men first class. Um, but I'm also just a Matthew Vaughn fanboy. Like I saw something on Twitter the other day that was like, apparently Marvel's first choice for secret wars right now is Sam Raimi. And uh, well, and then, um, <laughs> So a bunch of the comments were like, no, Doctor Strange sucked. And it's like, well, rem- like, remember the circumstances you came onto that project for. Yeah. It's you know. um, but but also, but I was like, but then I saw um, Frank, re- Frank tweeted that and said, um, I, no, I want the Russos back. And I think he was, you know, tongue in cheek there. But uh, I was like, I want Matthew Vaughn. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I think Matthew Vaughn can knock it out of the park. Why not look, look, why not get, why not let Neil Blomkamp take a, take a run at Green Lantern Corps, right? Like he did District Nine, and he's currently working on an Alien series for FX. Uh, no, 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 that's um, that's the guy that does Fargo. Um, I forget his name right now, but anyway, Neil Blomkamp was gonna do Alien Five. Um, yeah. Like, have given this opportunity, right? You know, let him let him do the Green Lantern movie. Or I was even thinking, like, I wouldn't want them to write it, but you could have them direct it. But like, the Wachowskis could be really like a good choice for this. Oh yeah. Um, again, I don't want them writing, but directing, sure. Um, I would like to see Kevin Smith get some involvement. Um, now, I, one of the things I saw was that apparently Kevin Smith was approached about doing a Green Lantern movie in the early 2000s, and he passed because he said, there's a million people that could do a better job than me for that particular hero. So, um, but either way, like, if Marvel or DC could get Ke- Kevin Smith in a producer's chair, or just in the writer's room... <laughs> Helping influence things that would be so beneficial for them. Get the biggest fanboy in the world to be like, hold on, you're thinking about doing what? Yeah, no, screw that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, anyway, I like the idea of like Neil Blomkamp or Matthew Matthew Vaughn doing this movie, but I, I I would introduce the Green Lantern Corps apart from Hal Jordan and John Stewart. You could even say like. You could even acknowledge the existence of Hal Jordan and John Stewart, even as lanterns. Just don't have them in your movie. Maybe they can cameo, but like, don't make the movie about them. Don't make the first movie about them. So, I, and I, that's why. I, that's why. I like, apparently, the like the title for the move for the movie, which I, I don't know. I guess IMDb is confused on whether or not it's a movie or anything. Make it. Make the title Green Lantern Corps, not Green Lantern. You know, focus on the world building. Yeah. The um. What do you think? What do you think about that? Like, oh no, no. Uh, what was I say? Oh, oh yeah, the. I think it'd be really great if they do go do a series, do a full episode of Ebenser, like really, sure. really get into that character and like, you know what I mean? Because like, th- this is the guy that like passes the ring to like arguably one of the most you know well recognized you know lanterns there there is. Um, mm-hmm. So why not get more into it? You know what I mean? Like we have comic books to talk about him, but like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to have like a whole episode dedicated to him maybe like an hour-long special uh well, part of that the, series you know the series could also serve the 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 purpose of what i'm of what i'm also saying too right is like give us give us give us 10 episodes that are an hour each 
that introduces to 10 different lanterns. I just, I don't want it's any so cool. of them to be Hal yeah. Jordan or John Stewart, yeah. you know, like that's the big thing. You have like, your own Kilowog story, which I would love because I just love that character because he just looks crazy. <laughs> just give, give me a firm establishment to understand what the Green Lantern Corps is and what they can do. And, and, and then introduce Hal Jordan or John Stewart because we that, need to know. That could I, be I think season two. That could be season th- two. No, world. no, no. That could no. You make you make an, you make you keep the series how it is, and then you just have Hal Jordan and John Stewart do the movies, um, and then and then they interact with the Justice League and whatnot because it's their sector. So you keep the show outside of their sector, and you and you have the movies inside their sector. That way, you get to tell Lantern stories. But then Why? also, if there's if there's ever a reason for them to intersect then it makes sense and you can you can do that right i think you keep the show separate from those two from those two characters except you know do they make guest appearances or do they do like the netflix yeah yeah yeah. no but i'm saying like you don't make them the main character you know they can interact with people you you do cameos you know i think that'd be really cool i'm kind of really i'm saying you 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 make the series about all the other green lanterns and all the other sectors you know and then you and then you keep and then you introduce after season one then you can do your you might might sprinkle them in every now and then like like it could be sure I, i think it'd be really cool like I like your idea a lot. And like to build on top of that, like it'd be really cool. Like for an episode, like you just hear like a voiceover of whatever. Sure. Like you, you don't even like need them. To, like you're like, Oh yeah, I know those characters exist in this world. Like built out the world. Well, like now I just like, I'm having fun, like learning about each one of these new characters and going on a journey in different worlds other than earth with these different characters, each episode. Cause like you said, like people like people like Kyle Renner, people like Guy Gardner, like a lot of the humanoid, like, but like let's expose them to like something yeah, a little different. Right? I mean, yeah. I think well, and not only that, but like if if you establish these other other lanterns that we know and love, you could even have a point. Let's say Hal Jordan and um, John Hal Jordan John Stewart combination of the two, or neither, or you know one of them, whatever, is in the middle of a fight with let's say Brainiac. That's who the Justice League is fighting right now, and they're getting whooped. Right then the then that green lantern can call on the other lantern core for help and they can come and help and they won't just be faces they'll be people that we know yeah you'd be like oh um, damn that's like so and so they were in you know they, they were in the show right. like uh you could be like oh yeah it's this person that i recognize from that episode of yeah it's like awesome you know like you know and and i know about them they're not just a face you know it's it's it not not kind of just how like uh you like, know like, it, 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 like lip service you know what i mean like <laughs> oh, I was thinking like Rise of Skywalker, where the uh, where all the ships turn up and it's a bunch of people that you've never seen before and Poe and Lando. Oh yeah, you're like, like, oh yeah, those people like right. don't know who they are. Yeah, no, but it could be it could be it, make it make it feel like that big end game battle, right? Where it's like, oh, and there's Black Panther and there's Doctor Strange right, and there's you're like, oh, Miss Marvel yeah. comes up and save, you know what I mean? Like right you know I mean? there and there's the Wasp and there's yeah, no, like make make it to that, you know? So. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I think establish the core outside of Hal Jordan and John Stewart first. I like the idea of the series being separate and then you can do movies that, um, that include them. And then that also allows them to be in your justice league movie or you know, Superman legacy, or, uh, it allows them to be in whatever property you want them to be. If you're eventually going to adapt justice league doom, guess what? Like you've got Hal Jordan established in there. There's no, you know, it's fine. Keep him as your character. You know, anyway um yeah i I think it's i think it's what they do a really great job of with the animated films like they have their own standalone origin films right so like you have your green lantern your wonder woman so forth 
But when they like when they show up in the other films, like, oh yeah, that's them. Yeah, I know them because yeah. I saw their origin story. I was like, that's cool. Um, no. Now the one thing that I that I will also say is if you're gonna do a multi thing like that, or and I say this should be just be in general, is there has to be somebody who is the head. So whether that's James Gunn or Peter Safran, right? And I think that ultimately they are the heads, right? So like they should ultimately have the final say. But let's say they went the route like I'm suggesting, which is do movies and a, a, a show. Whoever writes the movies writes. Whoever writes the show writes the movie, like on under the guidance of James Gunn and Peter Safran. You know, if mm-hmm. it's if it's Neil Blomkamp doing the show, he also gets to dictate the movie stuff, you know, and that way everything is consistent. Everything is, you know, nobody's nobody's like taking other ideas. Nobody's rehashing things out further. We don't get like Star Wars sequel series there's, mess. You yeah, know. there's no redundancies or like this. Filler. You still have James Gunn and Peter Safran at the top, but they're overseeing all of DC. They would be smart to delegate, you know. Hey, um, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna focus on the big stuff, you know, Superman, Batman, um, Neil Blomkamp. Do you want to run Green Lantern Corps stuff? We, we're still gonna have authority over you, but we want to give you the authority to then like trickle down system, you know, and you know, because it's in the cosmic realm. Maybe Martian Manhunter's in the mix at some point, you know. Yep. So, um, anyway, that's my suggestion. That's how I would do it. No, I really like your suggestion. Mine was like just super boring because like I just know what like I feel like they almost like. They picked a lot of our brains, and I was just like, "Yeah, I would have done that too." Like, let's do like a series. But yeah, I really like your I think, idea because, like, you like I said, you're exploring not only the core, but you're exploring different species and races within the core that are not yes. like they're just they're usually background characters or noise most of the time, with the exception of well, a the, few. The other thing, like the reason why I, I'm so adamant also about keeping Hal Jordan and John Stewart out of the series, except for cameos is because it's going to feel less important. Those characters are going to feel less important if they're not, if they don't get a feature film, um, you know, and, uh, and so by, by having them not be the stars of the series, they can be stars of movies. And when they show up in a movie like justice league, you'd be like, hell yeah. You know, um, you know, not, Oh, the, the wimpy guy from the series, you know, or, or that, that half of the people watching the movie didn't see like, um, you know, it's kind of like that. Uh, I think Marvel's going through some of this right now, where there will be like people that were established. Like, could you imagine not watching WandaVision before Multiverse of Madness? Like, I mean, you 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 could. It actually might it might give you a better experience depending on like how you felt about WandaVision. Uh, I really loved WandaVision, could, so I felt very bitter about how they handled like a lot of the characters. Could you imagine watching Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania without seeing Loki? No. That would be you. You would be lost, or like you. There would be parts of the story you'd be like, "Huh." Like I think you'd that? eventually catch on, but I do think that like it would be a mistake to watch Quantumania without Loki. But like you know, even like um, what are some of the other shows? Like because Hawkeye introduced um, Echo, who's getting a show that got delayed. Yeah. Um, but also introduce Kate Bishop, who whenever they do a Young Avengers project, she'll be in it. Um, like um, I would say, they've been yeah. doing a great job with that, like setting up the Young Avengers. They've done like a really excellent job with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I'm like, just like, there's got to be another good example of like a character introduced in one of the shows that then, if you were to pull them into, it it would be like it. I, I don't know, because Star Wars is a whole different breed of people. But I'd, 
but I'd be like, it, it, it would be as if Ahsoka was a movie instead of a show, you know, like right. at least when they did the Han Solo movie, like Han Solo was still a character from the original trilogy, but Ahsoka who only exists in Clone Wars and Rebels and I guess Mandalorian too, like, you know, she didn't, if they she were didn't to start co- off as a live action character, like it's, it's a, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a weird transition, right? A live action. Yeah. Or even like canon character you know right she wasn't uh, canon until she became canon you know what i mean like until like it became like canonical. She, she wasn't canon until yeah until it became a phenomenon and then was uncanon again and then was canon when disney made disney. the final season of clone wars yeah yeah <laughs> so but yeah so like i feel like that would be the same thing like can you imagine the the millions of people that only saw the movies and then ahsoka shows up and they're like who the hell is that is yeah. that shakti um i mean i guess like so the I, best examples of this are just like anything snyder related like he would just throw things in you're like martian manhunt there's yeah. there's like hardly intro there and like the well, way Gr- he... green lantern was in the snyder's cut yeah green lantern's in the snyder cut like it's it's really anyways that's like some of the stuff we're talking about we're like that's the opposite of like what you want to do we're like only the fans know like only the intro like you know fans are like instead of like properly introducing a character in your own world you know what i mean which i think yeah. is super valuable <laughs> Yeah, the Martian Manhunter one was weird. I I kind of like the way that the Green Lantern one was handled for Justice League, but but also it does create some some issues because they've established the Lantern Corps is there, so why is the Lantern Corps not helping to fight? You know, Dark Side or Doomsday or you know, where's Hal Jordan during all that? It's kind of like that. Um, um, shoot, what was that? Um, I, I feel like maybe maybe a, even a lot of like, people a lot of people use this scenario for. Um... For Captain America, the Winter Soldier, like, where are the Avengers at? Where are they? So forth. Well, but it's not. Well, but I, I think, like, I, th- I think even Marvel did a pretty good job because you know the reason why the Avengers lose Infinity War is because they're not together. Like, right. Um. So yeah, you know, I think I thought I'm just I'm trying. There's a specific example in my head I can't think of right now, but it's like you know you where you have to be like, where are they? And then later you establish you know where they were. Um. And it's you know they were doing something. I don't know, there's a there's a Tons of examples you could do that as a movie. Is that called like post hoc writing? Like, like you're like, oh, so and so with this, like, okay, we're gonna explain it later. You know what I mean? Or like, we're gonna. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So you'd have to explain right because it, oh, you, Green Lantern Corps was established in the past. You know, a good you know? example is like, like I hate to keep using Marvel because they they do it pretty well. It's just like like Civil War. Like, yeah, where's where's uh where, where's Hulk? Where's Thor? You know what I mean? Where are they at? Yeah. And then like we yeah. later on we, you know, we discover where they're at in the timeline. But like, yeah, I, I like stuff like that where they film like that. Yeah, I think maybe the example I was more thinking of was um, maybe maybe like the Man of Steel, like where's Batman during the fight with Zod? I mean, he really doesn't like fit in anywhere, but you know. Right. What's Batman doing to help? Um, they should. I, think yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. So I think it was. I think that was right. kind of the better. There's of a, what Amy Snyder's done is like that 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 sequence with uh, Bruce running through. There's that. a better example. I just can't think of right now because it's one in the morning. But um, yeah, no, I either way, like I. I I, I think there's been a lot of good ideas tossed up um, about this. U- ultimately, I think I think yeah, we both land on. I think the series is a good idea, but I just don't want the series to be the only thing that Landers in because then like people aren't going to care, you know. Um, no, I mean it, it's totally true. Like we've, the, we've already kind of discovered that with with Marvel, we're like if characters aren't like being properly transitioned over to films, like it's just it's it it doesn't doesn't really work. You know what I mean, so like right. Well, and again, if 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 they're all even if they're the lead of the tv series and we've had more screen time with them than superman in 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 one movie you know people are still going to be like oh well green lantern's not cool enough or important enough to get his own movie so why should i care that he's in the justice league movie and so anyway i just want to avoid that so i, th- I think you could easily do it 
series and movie combo. Maybe I'm just stupid, but yeah, um, I think I think for for just a series purpose and like things that don't need movies, I think it actually could hurt it. The perfect example is like like Peacemaker. Like, yeah, that doesn't need to be a movie, and it it, it kind of can't be because it, it's it's just so gratuitous and like the way it's like handled. But like that's a that's a that's the opposite end of the spectrum of like that doesn't need a film. You know what I mean? Like absolutely, like yeah. let's keep it a show. Or like like you said. You don't want you don't want to cheapen like a prime character like he's like you know top five recognizable characters in Justice League. You want him to have a big film too. Like you want him to feel just as big yeah, yeah, as yeah. anybody else. So yeah. Um I, let's move on to the spin-off then. Um so we're going to be recommending or um warning you from anything in pop culture. Um Joe, I feel like I've been talking a while. I would like to hear what you have to uh recommend or warn. Yeah, I, I, I kind of went into it a little bit um, earlier talking about Baki, but like, yeah, I can't stress enough how ridiculous this anime is. Um, my wife says it's trash. Um, we almost got into a, like a quasi argument about this. And then at the end of it, I came to the conclusion. I was like, no, this is trash. But, I just, um, but basically, it's like some of the craziest martial arts, horror, jobber bending stuff I've ever seen. Uh, I think the, the manga artist is phenomenal. Uh, I like the way he kind of bends anatomy and like kind of makes these grotesque people fight each other. Um, but yeah, I, I can't highly can't recommend it. But yeah, check out Baki, um, Baki and Baki Hanma on Netflix. Nice. I'm going to recommend a YouTube channel. Actually, um, it's it's been a while. I actually think I saw a video from this channel a while ago, um, but I I never like thought anything of it. And then I've been watching a bunch of their other um, videos. So um yeah um this youtube channel is called bullets and blockbusters it's relatively new by that i mean the first video came out five months ago it looks like they post um like seven videos a month or so um on average um that would be eight here yeah it's so it's like once or twice a week um here's what i really like about this channel um they're eight to 15 minute mini documentaries on a lot of your like favorite um now there's a couple other videos on this channel like one of them is like uh how the dcu went wrong how disney killed star wars why most video game adaptations suck i haven't seen videos like that but what i really enjoy is there's a bunch it's it's this what could have been series and so um what this channel does is takes a look at any piece of information they can find about a lot of um like notoriously like oh we almost had this and then tries to figure out where it went wrong so um um, that's a really cool premise well and again they're like 10 or 15 minutes you know there was that like uh hour and a half long documentary about the people trying to figure out and even like expose some new information about the um the superman lives movie and it was called like the death of superman lives what happened um and you could like uh such a good documentary (laughs) i haven't seen it but i really wanted to see it um always since so so like he does shortened form of that stuff now he's not trying to bring any new to the table i don't think but he is just trying to make informative videos so there's one of them that's like explaining colin trevorrow's um original duel of the fates um like the star wars episode nine before he got fired so um and so it's like here's all the things that we know about it and here's what this would have looked like and how it would have been different he, there's a video on how the Dark Knight Rises would have been different if Heath Leather hadn't di- hadn't died. There's a video about um, yeah, what what do we know about what Phil Lord and Chris Miller's solo movie would have looked like? I want to yeah, I kind of want to see that. So I'm really interested. the 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 Ghostbusters movie that has been um, yeah that the the one that was like 
in development hell from Ghostbusters 2 until they did the female reboot. Um, there's one for Neil Blomkamp's Alien 5. There's one for George Lucas's original sequel trilogy. There's one for um, Tim Burton's Batman 3. There mm-hmm. is one for um, Tim Burton's Superman Lives. There's one that's really good on James Cameron's Spider-Man. There's one that's also really good on um, Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek. Um, <laughs> the Amazing Spider-Man 3 one is great. Raimi's Spider-Man 4. Um, ben Affleck's The Batman. Edgar Wright's Ant-Man. And honestly, what's probably the best one out of all of these is give, he, him going in a deep dive of everything that we know about what George Miller's Justice League Mortal would have looked like. Oh, God. That would be so cool. So, <clears throat> so, so it's him finding information from the internet. It's him essentially... You know, scouring corners and tons of interviews and whatnot to figure out what would these projects have looked like, these projects that were in the works at some point that we can have information about. And some of it's speculation, but most of it is here's what we know. Here's what this person said. You know, so like for the Raimi Spider-Man 4, like we know Vulture was going to be the villain. We know he wanted Malkovich, you know, we know uh, you know, that this is what was going to be, you know, and then there's some speculation and whatnot, but then, but, but he'll like look at throughout the history and especially because like most of these projects have been out for a while. And so filmmakers will just talk candidly about them. You know, like there's a lot of people that have a lot of things to say about everything between from the amazing, like the release of the amazing Spider-Man and planning of amazing Spider-Man two yeah. all the way until they decided to reboot it, you know, because they had a million ideas they were throwing at the wall and like that. Anyway, it's super fascinating. I really like these videos. I think give the justice league mortal one a shot. And if you like that, then check out some of the other ones, but I really like the amazing Spider-Man three and the James Cameron, Spider-Man one. Um, yeah, I'll check them out. There's one on, Guillermo del Toro's The Hobbit. Anyway, bullets and blockbusters on YouTube. There's only 34 videos total, and again, the, the longest one is 15 minutes. Um, they're easy way to just breeze the time, especially like, especially you know, if, if you if, wanted just, especially like, oh, sorry, the especially if you watch like a lot of YouTube content, that's not a lot. So you're probably no. appealing. Well, and and again, like I I put them on in the background while I'm cooking. So like I'll be you know chopping onions while while this video is playing. You know and. Yeah, it's just like I would listen to a podcast. Anyway, really like this channel, Bullets of Blockbusters on YouTube. Um, so check out the videos, especially the What Could Have Been series. I think they're all... I, I don't think I learned anything new from the Edgar Wright Spider-Man one, but I'm happy I watched it. Um, I don't know how... But like the There was a couple things from the Batman one, the Ben Affleck's The Batman that were interesting, but um, you know, it, either way, some of them is just before my time. Like There's one for What Could Have Been Brian Singer's X-Men 3, um, but... I don't think I learned anything new from Lucas's sequel trilogy. The the what if Joker would have been alive in Dark Knight. Anyway, just they're really worth your time because it's not a lot of time, but some of them are really great. So on that note, that's a wrap. Remember, you can follow Joe over on Instagram um, at the Star Spangled Avenger. I'll have his uh, handle there in the episode description. You can follow me on uh, Twitter, Letterboxd, Threads, and Blue Sky now. If you have an access code to that app, um, all of that is at Schweik Castle. Um, Quick reminder to Pop Riders Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. If you're interested in writing for the pod, for the website or if you have questions you want to explore, want us to explore in the B-plot, um, or even just some feedback, writersroomissifpop.com is the place to send all of that. And please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify if you're listening over on those players. Next week, uh, Joseph and John will be joining me to talk about the producers and uh, Mary Poppins Returns. 
In two weeks, Robert and Heath will be joining me to talk about the meaning of life. And Joe, I'm so excited to finally cross Dawn of the Dead off of my list with you and Scott next month. We, I think we do need to have a short conversation here, you and I, on which cut of the film we should watch. Um, because there is notoriously a ton of different cuts for this movie. Because um, there's like a, there's like an original, like the theatrical, and there's like an extended director's, and then there's like a European cut by Argento and then the, like there's yep. like there there's definitely an Italian cut with Argento that's like like loosely connected to zombie which is an Italian horror film huh. so 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 I have um be, because there this movie is no longer able to be distributed in the United States I have a 4k copy that has all four cuts that I got from Europe um like it was made in europe i didn't get it in europe or whatever i think that'd be kind of cool if like you kind of went into like a little bit of detail about each one of the cuts i mean if you have if you have the time i'm not i'm not gonna have time to watch the the movie four times um but (laughs) we just need to settle on which cut specifically we'll watch and i will do my due diligence to try to explain the differences in each of the cuts um for the podcast because i'm really i'm i think that everything about the release of this film is so interesting to the fact that like, so long story short, this you, they cannot produce this movie in America right now because in the mid two thousands, somebody got permission from the studio to, to make a 3d version of the film with the condition that he had sole distribution. Right. And then I think made it, but he can't like, nobody wants to release it or he's like in the process of making it anyway until that releases he owns the distribution rights so they can't they can't put out a 4K in the states so if you have your hands on a DVD copy you're lucky um cuz you can't go to Best Buy and buy one right now yeah so, I, I got a I got a plain old DVD copy like a regular not even a Blu-ray I will also say um I've looked on a Reddit thread um and um I think this is the I want to say this is the thing that we should maybe go with. This is the cut we should maybe go with. But if you want to go with the plain old DVD theatrical cut, we can do that too. From what I've heard, the definitive cut is actually a fan edit that he made, uh, that, that this fan made that made that put everything together to where like it, because some of the cuts are just extended scenes. And so like editing wise, they're wonky, like from my understanding and there's some scenes that are missing certain scenes. It's, so like it's very George Romero, let's just say that. It's very industrial, like sometimes they hold on a shot like a little too yeah. long or like uh, Well, or because there was a scene that was cut that was then later like reintroduced, you know, it's it's wonky. So I would I would propose um this this fan edit is available on YouTube. I've seen it multiple different times. It's called the extended mall hours cut. Um, it is two and a half hours. I don't know how long the theatrical is. The theatrical is pretty long too. I want to say it's a little over two hours. Okay. Cause I was just saying, I would propose that we watch the extended mall cut. Um, in, unless there's going to be a big time difference. No, if you want to re- um, just remind me around the time. And I- yeah. And I'll shoot you a YouTube link. Yeah. I I've got, I've got the original being two hours and seven minutes. So it's, it's um, already kind of a long film. Uh, I, I love yeah. it. I mean, spoiler alert. I mean, I, I really like the, I really, really like the. Game. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's yeah. it's a long movie. Well, but also, I just know that there's a million different cuts for this one, so I want to make sure we're all on the same page. So yeah, let's let's plan on um, watching, and that way, if you're listening at home and you're like, I wonder what's going to happen, Google Dawn of the Dead extended mall hours cut. That's the one that we're going to be discussing. Um, great title, by the way. Great. 
good fan made title. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So I think it's just, I think it's a fan doing their best due diligence to, to accommodate the fact that there's four different versions of this film. So I think that's the one that we'll be discussing, um, which again, especially because it's fully available on YouTube, like we're going to call it good. So I'm going to, I'm going to check this copy and make sure that it like, isn't, you know, just a troll job or whatever. But uh, I mean, there's also probably a bunch of scenes that got cut from the U S version because since censors are way stronger than they are in Europe, as far as violence yeah. goes. So there's probably like a yes. bunch of bad stuff. So, yeah. So I think because there's so many different cuts, I really want to get on the same page. So let's plan on the extended mall hours cut. Um, and we will give, I'll give an update on the show if we need to do something different instead. But if you're listening at home, trying to play along, if you want to watch a version, um, do the extended mall hours cut on you. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go check it out. be in a month. Um, well, Joe, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate talking Green Lantern with you, especially because I know nothing about Green Lantern. I know more now, though. I, I know very but. little, but I'm willing to share the little bit of knowledge that I have. But I definitely have uh, people that are like super into Green Lantern. Well, next month, we'll talk Dawn of the Dead. 1978, by the way, not the Snyder one. Um, but Which I've seen the Snyder one. I love the Snyder one. Yep. I've never seen the original, so I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, I like both films. And, They're just different. And uh, next week... Uh, Joseph and John will be joining me to talk about the producers and Mary Poppins Returns, so we will see you 